it. Lovely. Hi. Hi. I'm Liza. I'm Riss. And this is the Little Sleep Much Reading Podcast. And finally, from so little sleeping and so much reading, his brain dried up and he went completely out of his mind. I always almost say I'm Riss. You could be. I could be Riss. We could just do a little switcheroo every once in a while. I'll be Riss for a day. You'd be Liza for a day. I just got insanely hungry out of nowhere. You, did you eat breakfast? No, I never eat breakfast. And also, you... I'm drinking water as soon as I wake up, so that probably made me a little hungry. Wait, why don't you eat breakfast? Because it makes me really sick a lot of times. What the heck? I'll get, like, extremely nauseous if I eat breakfast. Somebody help her. I know. Schnick always yells at me. He's like, you have to eat. Let you me force to... feed you. I say no. You have to eat breakfast. Maybe you should, like, what if you drank, like, a smoothie? I like smoothies. Yeah, maybe you should have smoothies in the morning. I got yogurt and um, I got chia seeds down there. Maybe I'll mix them together. Oh, that would be good. I like chia seeds. They're good. They're good. They're really good for you. A little bit of oat milk. Yeah. Mm. Delicious. Who the heck is texting me? Not me. Go away. So who else is there? Stupid people. You got other people's names in your phone other than me? No. Good. I'm the only one that be texting. Liza's the only friend that I have, actually. Me and Marissa, we don't have any other friends. No. Except our fictional friends. Yeah. The ones inside our head. Yes. Um... Hey, what day is it? Or week? What is this? Like, is it a special week? Is it a special day? I believe it's going to be a special day. And it's called... Hold on, let me check. <laughs> we were have been confused about this. It's called... Celebrate Teen Lit Day. Celebrate Teen Lit Day, which is April... 13th so the exact day this comes out my friend Kara's birthday my aunt Chrissy's birthday Thomas Jefferson's birthday who else who was born on April 13th um lots of people I'm sure but it's it's the the we hate Thomas Jefferson we hate Thomas Jefferson um when I was younger he used to be my favorite president and then I got to high school and learned about all the terrible things about him and was like, oh, I guess I'll like Calvin Coolidge instead. Yeah, Calvin Coolidge was a good one. He did nothing. He did nothing. Like, that's a fun one. He was all about being cool in, in like, what was he, the 20s? How cool is that? Yeah, he was just chilling on Cedar Rapids, you know what I mean? Yeah. It Who's your like favorite president? My favorite president? Oh, my favorite president president is probably 
That's such a hard question. Probably Jimmy Carter. Slim Pickens, right? Slim Pickens. I'm going to go with, I'm going to lock in my answer as Jimmy Carter, who is alive at the moment, but not for long. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> he's like in, he's like been in a hospice for like two weeks and everybody's just been waiting for him to die. <laughs> he's hanging on. He was born in 19, 1924. He was born. Why That's the hell are you still insane. alive if you were born in 1924? That's, That's crazy. That's fucked up. I also like who did the Green New Deal? Roosevelt? Yeah, the other Roosevelt, right? The second one. Because there was there was Theodore and then there was Franklin. I think FDR. I think it was Franklin. I think it was FDR. I like him too, actually. He's kind of Yeah, fun. he wasn't bad. The Roosevelts weren't bad. No. Day, my mom said something about, she was like, I feel like life was really good when, um, oh my God, why am I blanking right now? Obama. Uh, Clinton. No, someone terrible. Um, <laughs> Bush. Reagan. Nick- Reagan. It was oh. Reagan. Maria said life was good when Reagan was president. Yeah, I was like, you were five. Also, Maria, you're canceled. Like, that's why it was good, because you were five. You and were five. didn't know what was going on. Right, like, life was also good when I was fr- in 2001, when I was two, but right. that was also 9-11. Like, I just don't recall. Remember being a baby and, like, loving Bush and being like, he's so cool because he's the president? Like, what the frick? Frick. Oh, who is it? Hi, Shmahan. It's recording. Shmahan. It's okay. Liza says hi. Um, Liza wants to come here in June. Okay. I love her. Yeah. Yay! I'm coming. Yay. Um, yeah, that was the canceled one. Yeah, she got she got canceled. She like came right on cue too. Mm-hmm. She's good at that. Um Yeah. So they hit me with that one. Who was president when you were a teen? When I was a teen? Obama. Obama. <sighs> what a time to be alive. Obama never put us through the crazy dystopian things no. that other presidents put us through mm-hmm. we're in dystopia now even though joe is obviously much better than trump everything that happens every day still is just horrid part of me thinks that joe is not alive i forget we have a president and i forget we have a vice president where are either of them ever and don't you just think he's, like, sometimes I'm like, is he just, like, a, like, is there a little chef controlling him? Yeah, they might have him propped up, like, 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 Weekend at Bernie's? It was just going to sound Absolutely. Like- we live in a, we live in a timeline, that's for sure. But hey. Hey. Why not celebrate escapism at, at its finest? Mm-hmm. My favorite form of escapism 
when I was a teenager was books. Marissa is talking to her mom. She said she wants to take you to Lilydale. Was is that where the witches are? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. We're going. Praise be. Blessed be the fruit. Um, but we love teen books, Marissa. Love them. We probably love books because of teen books. Absolutely. 110%. Most readers, I think, love books because of teen books. And your favorite teen book was? That's so hard. I feel like I want to say Hunger Games, but Hunger Games definitely got me, like, obsessed with reading. But I read The Fall in Our Stars more than I've read any other book in my life. And I, Perks of Being a Wallflower, when I first read it, I felt like it changed, like, the trajectory of my life. So those would probably be my top. What about you? Hunger Games definitely got me into reading, but I would definitely say, like, I felt crazy feelings about the maze runner right i loved those books yeah um i thought i loved the fifth wave mm-hmm. and i i still think that rick yancey the author of the fifth wave is his writing is so seasoned and so friggin' good everyone go read that book series that trilogy um and yeah, person being a wallflower because depression. Yeah. I liked The Fifth Wave a lot. I read Did it. Did you read all of them? No, I only read one. Liza. I they, maybe they I just, go back and read those. Yeah, they don't get bad. Because I remember reading the first one and liking it. And then they made a movie and it wasn't like that good. No, the movie was terrible. They always do that to us. I loved the Divergent books, which is a hot take because a lot of people did not like those. Um, but I will say the ending of that series, horrific. And then the trajectory of those movies, horrendous. I had a um, friend who is a rat in high school yeah. and she loved the Mortal Instruments book. But I'm like, no one ever talks about those. Some people love the Mortal Instruments. Listen, that's their prerogative. I feel like the people that liked the Mortal Instruments were the same people that liked like Shadow and Bone. Yeah. There was dystopia. There was sci-fi teenage girls. And there was fantasy teenage girls. Girl, I was a sci-fi bitch. I was in the dystopian apocalypse. I didn't care about none of that shit. Any of those fairies and stuff. I said, that's not, I don't care about that. Mm Mm-mm. I said that's not for me. I wasn't like, and also, the Mortal Instruments was like steampunk aesthetic, which like I did not care about. It was not the vibe. Um, what was I gonna say though about? Oh yeah, the Hunger Games movies slapped, and I rewatched all of them last month. They all hold up. They still there to this day. Eat. Did you like the Maze Runner movies? Yeah, they weren't bad. Um, I was disappointed that, like, I remember James Dashner, the author, which also problematic man. Um, he like tweeted 
before the last movie and was like, what scene from the last book do you really want to see in the last movie? And literally it was all the same answer. And that part was not in the movie. No. And that was like the greatest part. I think that what I really, really loved about it is we have less than a minute. Are you going to take down? What what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, I loved that the crazy people, the sick people, were sick people. They were just crazy and deranged. Yeah. But the movies made it more like zombies. And I don't like that. Mm-mm. It, like, it ruined the creep factor. Right. And the movies went more action, where I think the books were more horror. That makes sense. That so. makes sense. I feel like te- teen horror wasn't as much of a thing until more recently. True. I think it was always there. Right, but it wasn't in its own category. Yes. I just remembered a teen horror that I think used to be in the fantasy section, section but was kind of the beginning of teen horror is what is Miss Peregrine's home for like so many people told me to read that and I never did. I know I I I feel like I had the first book and I honestly cannot remember if I read it or not to tell you the fucking truth. So But like literally think about Thungrams, think about how absolutely horrifying that is. Let's just pick a bunch of kids and have them go kill each other. It was always there. You're right. It just wasn't like like, I feel like a book like what your book for this week is would have never been around when we no. were. Honestly, I'm surprised my book is YA. I'm so ex- That's why I'm so excited to hear about it. But like, that book I read, what did we read? I read it. It's called, it's called like, There's Someone Inside Your House. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of thing wasn't really around when we were teenage. Like, like, yeah. uh, like slashers. So I think it's kind of fun that that's a thing now. Um, but yeah hey what did you read I read clown in a cornfield clown in a cornfield I'm so excited that had a big moment on tiktok too rightfully so and I read a ballad of songbirds and snakes by none other than our queen Suzanne Collins she stays slaying. She stays slaying. Who went first last week? What was last week? The dead week. You went first. Did I? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So that means I'll go first, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys, I read A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. It took me a really long time to pick this book up because I remember being so pissed when it was announced first of all I'm one of those people that like once you start announcing sequels I'm already going to be like "Mm, I'm nervous about that Uh, especially because like Hunger Games was like Marissa and I were saying like was like such a big part of my like coming into loving reading that I was like I don't want a new one because I don't want it to be like not as good as the original three and so for those that don't know it was it it's a prequel book. So everybody was guessing about all the different things it could have been about. And I really wanted it to be about Haymitch's games. 
like I was dead set on wanting it to be about Hamish's games. And so then when it came out that it was about President Snow, I remember being like, why the fuck would I want to read about President Snow? I hate him. Like, I don't want a villain origin story that feels like a cheap, like, I don't know. I was just very not into it. So I didn't read it for the longest. And then this Hunger Games renaissance occurred where they put the Hunger Games back on Netflix and everybody started making Hunger Games edits. And I was like, wait, I love the Hunger Games so much. Like, maybe I should just go read it because I never read it. And then I also remembered that they're like making a movie of it. And so I was like, you know what? Whatever. I'm just going to read it. Um, You guys, I loved this book so much. It was so good. If you read The Hunger Games when you were a teen and now you're like Marissa and I, like just go pick this book up now. I promise you, you're not going to have any regrets. Um, And if you're a teenager who has yet to read The Hunger Games go read the Hunger Games and then go read this book because it ate. Suzanne ate him right the fuck up once again. Uh, so to give you a little bit of a summary, this book takes place right after basically the war that we always hear them talking about in the Hunger Games and the war where like District 13, is that when District 13 was destroyed? Or was District... Th- District 13 was, I think, destroyed later because they tried their own uprising at some point. Maybe. I don't recall. Either way, it takes place right after the war that caused the Hunger Games, right? So when this book takes place, it's the 10th annual Hunger Games. So the Hunger Games has been going on for 10 years. And President Snow is like 17 years old. And the Hunger Games used to be very different than what we see in the 74th and 75th annual Hunger Games. Like, it used to just be they would round, they would still reap kids. They would round kids up from the 12 districts and put them in a literal arena, like an amphitheater. And they would just have like a day to just kill each other. And maybe it would go on a little longer or whatever. But they were like, there was no theme. There was no, there, it was just plain like, almost execution style but instead of executing two kids from each district they just had them kill each other so that gives you a little setup of that and we also get to see what the capital looked like only 10 years after the war which is very different from the capital we see 74 well that 64 years after this this book takes place because people were still kind of getting off like back on their footing and like trying to live and like the capital people in the capital were poor or poorer than we see later on and president snow was actually like poor and his whole family had been killed except for his or or had been killed or died except for his cousin tigress and his grandmother and that's who he's sort of living with so he like it going to school and like being president snow whatever and it's decided that this was before the time of mentors as well. So there weren't even enough tributes to like have mentors from each district. So it was decided here at the 10th annual Hunger Games that children, capital children from the capital high school would be the mentors to district children coming in for the Hunger Games. So President Snow gets assigned to the District 12 tribute. Um, whose name is Lucy 
And the book sort of just goes on from there. And I don't want to spoil anything because like, I feel like I'll get to this when I talk about plot, but I feel like there was so many twists and turns that you really just have to read it. But basically this follows from Snow being a fairly innocent 17-year-old regular boy to by the end of it, you see exactly how he became the monster that he is in The Hunger Games that we read when we were teenagers. But it is not as straight a shot to that person as you would think. It's really interesting. And I think it was a choice on Suzanne's part to humanize snow in this way but it also is really helpful and it makes you look at him so much differently in the hunger games and while you understand him more because of this it also kind of makes you hate him even more which i think is fun so for readability i gave this book a nine i i it was so good you did not want to stop reading because there was just so much so much going on it's basically kind of split up into three parts there's like a beginning which is kind of like an introduction to everything that's going on then there's the games and then there's a quite a big chunk that's like the after part of the games after the games happen and there's so many interesting things happening in each of these sections that you just want to keep like reading and reading and figuring out what happens next For language and style, which let me just go back to the readability part. I feel like that's what I love so much about YA is that there's always something going on. And that's why YA books are just so readable and so fun. And I think that's why so many people get into reading is because of books like this. For language and style, I gave it a seven. Obviously, Suzanne Collins is a good writer. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I think a lot of times when Marissa and I are talking about language and style, we're talking about something that's just not going to, when we're giving something a nine or a 10, that's just something that's not going to be in a YA book. Um, so that's the only reason I gave this book like a seven is because it's just, it's good writing. It's great, but there's nothing crazy about it. And like you, that's what you would expect from this. I'm going to admit form here, uh, for shelf worthiness, I gave this book a seven, I feel like I would definitely read it again and I feel like it would be fun now that I've read this to read Hunger Games again and then maybe even to go back and read this again like I feel like the order that you read it is kind of interesting because while I would because it takes place way before the Hunger Games there's kind of an excuse there's kind of like maybe you would want to read it before you read the Hunger Games But at the same time, I feel like to read The Hunger Games and then go back and read this is an interesting way to do it, too. So obviously, it's going to be different for, like, Marissa and I because, like, we read The Hunger Games years ago and have since probably – I've reread it before. Have you? Yeah. So it's, like, different for us. But, like, I kind of wonder which way to approach it for somebody who's never read The Hunger Games before. If you should read The Hunger Games and then read A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, or if you should read A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes and then read The Hunger Games. Like, I'm not sure. Uh, For plot, I gave this book a nine. Like I said, I there was so much going on that I was shook the house down 
And the best part of it, if you have read The Hunger Games, is there was so many plot points that explain things in The Hunger Games that you're like, no freaking way. Like, you just know Suzanne Collins had such a deep understanding of the world she created and and the things that she chose to mention in the hunger games that she then chose to bring back in a ballad of songbirds and snakes as like a precursor that it was just so smart like like i said i don't want to this i feel like i'm usually more inclined to give like subtle spoilers but for this like i really just want people to to read it there's like not like i don't want you to know more than you have to going in but of course the girl is from district 12 so that gives you a feel for like kind of the vibe that this book might have the girl that snow is mentoring lucy is from district 12 um but like even like mocking jay imagery and like songbird imagery and all that sort of thing like oh it was just so good and the other thing I'll say about plot is like Marissa mentioned a minute ago when she was like the Hunger Games was horror it was horrific like reading their kids killing each other right which is horrific in and of itself but they died in such crazy ways and then I will never forget reading like Phoenix death scene like what like my mind was blown and this book had the same sort of twisted just jaw-dropping heart-wrenching acts of violence in it that make it horror and make it so good like some of the deaths in the hunger games i was like what the fuck and then like there's this one character who's sort of like the original game maker and she's sort of who this isn't really a spoiler she is who it comes up with the idea for mutts. And so you get to see what the earliest mutts look like. And it's so scary. And then there's like a scene later on in like the third part of the book, like the final act, which is like takes place after the Hunger Games. And it's just so sad. And like there's an image in it that'll probably stick with me for the rest of forever. Like I was like, what the fuck? So we love that, Suzanne. <laughs> and last but not least for characterization, I give this book a nine. I think it was such a smart choice to write about Snow, like I said. Like, to humanize Snow was bold. But to offer people a chance to understand him and then also understand every single thing he did up to a certain point and then see him totally just like it become who the villain that he is in the hunger games was so good and the character of lucy gray who is the tribute from district 12 was such a fun character and then all of the side characters were really interesting as well and you really got to know quite a few of them and I'm really excited to see them in the movie as well. For like example, like Tigress, like I don't know if anybody would remember this, but the woman who in Mockingjay 
like hides them right before they get into the capital and she's like painted like a t- like she's tattooed like a tiger and she has like plastic surgery that's tigress so that was president snow's cousin closest friend like basically his sister and we find out in mockingjay before we even know that she's related to president snow she like says something that's like because Katniss is like, oh, I remember you. You were a stylist in the games. What happened? And she's like, Snow decided I wasn't pretty enough. And then she has turned on Snow at that point And she's like, give him hell or whatever. So to see that and then to go back and read Songbirds and Snakes and see the relationship that Tigress and Snow had, which was so close and like such a sweet relationship. And they cared for each other so much is like really insane. And the one other thing I'll say about characterization is you really get to see the, I guess, what is it called? Like the legacy of people in the capital. So for example, there's people with the last name, there's obviously Snow, but like there's Cranes and Heaven's Bees and you get to, and um, Flickerman. There's a Flickerman before Caesar Flickerman called Luck, whose name is Lucky Flickerman. So you really get to see like this sort of dynasty, the beginnings of the capital dynasties, which I think is really fun as well. And just to see like even the Hunger Games as a character, right? If we think about the Hunger Games as a character in and of itself, rather than as a setting, like to see what the bare bones of the Hunger Games as we know it, what that looked like. And then to think about how what happens in a ballad of songbirds and snakes results in the craziness that we see in the 74th annual Hunger Games and in like the quarter quell is just really interesting. So I love this book so much and I'm really, really excited to see if the movie is going to be as good as the book. Um, so it comes out in November, so we have a while, but I'm looking forward to it. You're making me want to reread all the books and then go read that. I know. I think you should. And the I book- also think I should. The books were so good. Like, like we- if I finish the book I'm reading now and then read all my podcast books really quick, I could probably start reading that before May. Yeah. And it won't take you long to read them. Like, they're, like, short. Like, they're not short, but, like, they are at the same time. Right, right. Shliza, you <laughs> bad influence. Bad influence. Reread the Hunger Games. Oh, I love that. Good. Liza has to read the rest of the Fifth Wave trilogy. Yeah. I have to reread the Hunger Games so I could read the new one. Yep. Damn, we got a lot in our plates. We got a lot to do. We got a lot to do. Um. Also, if you read The Hunger Games and you want more of your Hunger Games fix, you could also read Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people say that. I have the book. I've just never read it. Yeah. You should read that, too. I should read that. I'm just like, that book is so thick. It, it's huge. That I'm like, oh, that's going to take a lot. 
you could read Battle Royale, people, or you could read the book that I read a couple weeks ago, 40 by Alan Heathcock, because I compared that to The Hunger Games before I even finished A Ballad of Songbirds and Snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of options. So pick one. Yeah. Start reading. Um, so I read a newly popular book that I've been wanting to read for quite some time now that I've seen lots of fun things on, which is Clown in a Cornfield. Um, I think I've been on like a kind of carnival kick lately because I just read Cotton Candy Massacre not that long ago. Um, but this isn't really carnival. There's just clowns. This is like Midwest gothic plus clowns which is really cool um so the plot of this book the little summary is pretty much that there is a new girl she's from philly and she moves to the quaint little town of kettle springs with her dad they're looking for a new start he's gonna be the new town doctor um and Getting there, she finds out that the kids are a little bit crazy. They're all about filming things and getting views um, and pulling tricks and pranks and hanging out and drinking and being teenagers. Um, And she quickly finds herself in trouble with the popular group and they become friends and invite her to a party where things go down and a clown starts butchering people yay so for readability and interest i gave it an eight i read this book in probably like two days like putting two days of work into it it's a quick read and also like i wanted to read it um once you get to a certain point in the book and things start happening they really start happening and it's so easy to just be like, Oh, one more chapter, one more chapter. And they're not long chapters either. So, um, and also like once you also get to a certain point where you start to realize what's happening, it really is so effed up that you're like, it like kind of does play on your mind, um, in a weird way, like a, could this happen to me kind of way, and how is this so messed up kind of way. So eight for that. For language and style, I gave it a 6.5. There's nothing bad. There's nothing like wrong with it. It didn't even, it just felt a little bit YA and not even in a bad way, just a way that it's like, let me think. In the way where it's, it's from the characters, I would say like there's, there's a lot of, um, teenage thoughts but also this book has a lot of like swear words and mature ideas and language and things like that so although parts of it could be YA in the part where it's like oh like get your cell phone out and record there's a lot of it that's really not YA and I feel like it only got put in YA because the main characters are all teenagers and it's 
I really think that that's the only reason. Like, I can see... I could see where the write, the writing is a little, a tiny bit immature, but it's nothing too big. Um, and I feel like if Dark Harvest could be put in adult horror, Clown in a Cornfield could be put in adult horror. I think this has more swear words than Dark Harvest did. And I think... It's gorier than Dark Harvest. So, but they're both like the kids are not all right kind of books. So, um, for Shelf Worthy Read Again, I gave this an eight. I can't believe that I waited this long to have this on my shelf. If you like slasher, if you like horror, if you're a fan of it, or even like Scooby Doo, uh, I think that. This would be perfect for your shelf, and you should have it on there. And you shouldn't let it, the YA rating, freak you out because it's crazy to me that it's in YA. Um, for plot, I gave it a seven point five. When I found out what the twist, there's a couple twists in this book, but when I found the first one, it was very much like. I didn't expect it, but I could see it. And then, and then, you know, sometimes you have a twist so good in a book that it becomes less about how good the twist was and more about how messed up the twist is. And like, that's kind of what happened here. And I, it like really made total sense and I can see it happening. Um, and one thing I really like about this book that I think is kind of funny is make kettle springs great again is a slogan in the book that is said quite a bit um and it it is funny like it 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 gets woven into the book in a really smart way um but i also like how you know you have this main character from philly and you throw her in the middle of a cornfield and all this crazy stuff happening and a, a new friend that she made literally hands her a gun and she's like uh what like and it's interesting because there is a conversation about guns early on in the book where she's like oh I just you know I'm for gun control and like I I me and my friends used to go to the gun rallies all the time like I think it's weird that you're just carrying your guns around in your car and then they suddenly throw her a gun um and don't you just love females being badass I do I love it. It's delicious. So yeah, but plot 7.5, liked it. It was good. I also love the setting because I'm, I love all that fun stuff. Um, For characterization, I gave it a seven. There were some stereotypes, but what I really like is like, even when, you know, there's the stereotypical popular girl who's perfect and she's kind of like, bitchy she also has a lot of redeeming factors about her in this book where like even though she's bitchy it's like she's she's bitchy but she's also sticking up for people and she's also like being like an actual good person in like a weird way even though sometimes she's not um so there definitely are layers to these characters even though you might not think that there are 
Um, and also this got a seven because uh, something very unexpected, I don't want to spoil it, unexpected and lovely happened at the end of this book that I was did not see coming, but it made total sense. And I feel like this is something that is handled in other books, especially books that I've read recently, that is almost too much and too gimmicky and also like the characters should be more than one thing and this book did that lovely so seven for characterization I'm also really excited about this book that me and Liza talk about this a lot something that we love about YA books is that you really like feel friendly with the characters and you you want to be with them for long periods of time um and something that I'm really happy about this book is even though and you don't get that a lot in horror books especially in slasher books like if you think about the scream franchise how many main characters do we have left one Courtney Cox that's like it um so yeah, so I, I like that for this book, there is a second book and I can look forward to some of the same characters and I can look forward to, you know, what happens with them. And I just think, can we have a whole series of slasher books that do that, please? And like aren't corny? That would be nice. So I'm excited to read the second one, which just came out, um, I think in like November. And yeah, that's Clown in a Cornfield. Everyone go read it. Go pick it up. And this is a great example of good YA. Good new YA also. So that's the tea on that. Do you think they'll make a movie? I think if they did make a movie, it would be bad. Okay. That's fair. Because, like, there is, again, there is, like, this weird thing in the book where they they push the teenagerness a little bit. Like, yeah. one thing that I really liked that they did is, in classic slasher movie fashion, they opened the book with, like, something from the past and then went into the present. Okay. So when they open it in the past, it's, like, all the teenagers are, like, around in skimpy bikinis and they're recording and they're like we got to get views and I just feel like it would be it would get like too gimmicky and I I also think if this were to be a movie it would have to be a movie with a rated r rating okay it would have to be and I don't think that they would do that because it's YA okay no that makes sense too gory that makes sense it's too it is it's really it's really adult this is like if i'm recommending this to to someone in the store they've got to be 17 and up maybe 16 and up i don't know i was a mature kid so i could read this at like 14 and 15 and be okay yeah but like i in in the neighborhood that i work in i would be scared to recommend this to certain kids i see okay interesting That's weird that they put it in YA. 
it's really gory. Yeah. Like heads getting chopped off, being on top of dead bodies. Like the description of blood was always really good. And it's weird that Dark Harvest wasn't YA because why do I feel like Dark Harvest like wasn't that scary? It wasn't. And that was about teenagers too. Right. And and Dark Harvest feels almost Hunger Games YA. Yes. Dark Harvest feels almost Yes, 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 yes. Or even like if 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 Hunger Games is like top tier YA, you could say that Dark Harvest is like C level YA. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. There's something like that about it. Whereas like Clown in a Cornfield, I'm like, this book was absolutely horrific. And and again, I think it's just the language that they use, and I think it's also the fact that it's so teenagery but then again like the that book meddling kids yes that book's popping off right now it It pops off but that's not considered YA either right why it's I don't know and like I understand like Stephen King's writing is not YA but I mean they're talking about sex and drugs in this too I don't know I don't make the rules I can't believe also we never figured out if they made the um, Dark Harvest movie or not. Like, I can't find it anyway, anywhere. That's weird. That's really weird. Huh. I'm curious. I'm, I think I might want to read it. Oh, it says it was released September 9th. You, Eliza, you should definitely read it. Like, I- it's fun it's a fun read and like I flew through it yeah I think I I think like because I read Dark Harvest really quick too should I read the Cotton Candy Massacre too or maybe not um I liked the Cotton Candy Massacre I would say it's more campy it's more like watching an 80s movie so if like you're in the mood to read a book that's an 80s movie, Cotton Candy Massacre. But I would also say with Cotton Candy Massacre, it's all splatterpunk. And that means that there's definitely times where like the characterization is weak and the plot points are weak. But it was still a fun read and I still really enjoyed it. Okay, okay. It just it's just like not like like liter it's not literary horror at all not literary it's like selling like crazy in the store like we've had to reorder it like three times now that's crazy because i knew that had a moment on tiktok too so that's why i was like huh (sighs) but then you know if this if we talk about this like i'm glad we mentioned it for ya book week but it brings up the whole discussion of like what makes something ya and what makes something not ya right and why are some things YA and others aren't? And why? Because mm-hmm. some things like are very clearly YA, but then that makes you have to ask yourself like, why? You know, it's like, it all depends on how much 
maturity you place on children yes on teenagers interesting stuff so you have to read it read it I'm excited I always love when I hear about a new book I have to read it makes my TBR very long but that's okay that's all right that's okay um so what's next um what is next <gasps> Shakespeare Shakespeare Okay, you guys, next week is Shakespeare Day. Mm -hmm. And so we are doing something very, very fun. We're not reading Shakespeare, are we, Marissa? No, not really, no. But kind of. Kind of. What are we doing? We're doing DIY Shakespeare books, and we both picked the Hamlet one. The Hamlet one. They so we're gonna basically it's a uh what's it called? Choose your own adventure Shakespeare. And you read the book and then you end up with different endings. So we're both gonna read the same book and see what happens. Um, but this is a really fun way, I think, to celebrate Shakespeare. It's by an author, I think his name is Ryan North, right? I don't know what his name is. Um and he has two there is a shakespeare one sorry that was stupid there is a hamlet one and a romeo and juliet one but he has lots of other books as well um he writes comic books it looks like he writes a lot of like adventure time books which is kind of funny mm -hmm. he has this one book that's called how to take over the world which I think was really popular for a minute there. Yeah, best nonfiction book of the year by Esquire. Nice. Um, so he's kind of a cool guy. So I'm really excited to read this and to celebrate Shakespeare. We love Shakespeare. And that's next week. And then we only have like five episodes left or something mm -hmm. after this, if not less. Isn't that crazy? That's Cuckoo Bananas. So we'll see y'all then. Go read some YA. And that's all I have for you. That's that on that. That's that on that. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.